Welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker and I will continue breaking down every team across the league's goaltending situation as we continue to move through the Stanley Cup Finals and we come very close to the NHL draft, free agency. It is going to be like a snowball. Like it's going to happen so quick. We're all ready to game four, which is going to be played tonight. Uh, we're recording this Friday at about 6 p.m. So uh, the results of game four, we're not going to discuss too much of the, the finals other than maybe some general things. But uh, the the finals are almost over. Regardless, like even if this if this goes seven games, you know, we still we've got less than a week left of the regular season. And then it's game time. We've already seen now Patrick Hornquist get dealt. And uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, but. We'll also mainly dive into goaltending situation because the goaltending free agent market is probably the craziest that it has been in a very long time ever. Uh, like I can think of in 1998, like you had Curtis Joseph become a free agent and that was a huge bidding war for Curtis Joseph and him going to Toronto. Uh, I can, I mean, there, there has been some big names, but in terms of like the whole entire goaltending landscape can change. Uh, in this offseason. So we're going to hone in on that. I think that it will uh, have some, some pretty big importance in, in that. And with Justin being our uh, our resident goaltender, going to let him take it away, starting with the Florida Panthers. If you've missed the previous show going, we're just going in alphabetical order from the Anaheim Ducks to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, you can go back, subscribe to the show, listen to that one, and uh, and catch up. Get with the program. Get with it, and uh, let's let's do the Florida Panthers. Yeah, no. Before I do that, though, I I gotta tell our, our listeners the the two or three of them that are still here why we've been on hiatus for like a week and a half. Because True. you know most people probably don't know us, but Mark had a had a little baby girl. I did have a child. Yeah, not yeah. gonna divulge any details there, but uh, you know, big congrats. Oh, thank you. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Her name's Esme. So some lady at the store, you know, she sees us. We're like walking around with her, and she says, "Oh, what's your baby's name?" Oh, Esme, and she says, that is one unusual name, but I love it. It's beautiful. Like, it really is. It is. It is it's not untrue. Like, it is unusual. Right. I've never met not anybody common. named Esme. Uh, I've, a couple people have said, oh, I know, like, you know, one other person who named their kid that or something, but uh, but I, I, it is a beautiful name. It comes from Esmeralda. I guess it's oh, like kind of the, yeah. the longer name, and you kind of shorten it down. So Love it. Yeah, so we didn't want to go full on Disney princess, so we... we <laughs> Went with Esme, which apparently the mother of uh, whatever the the vampire in Twilight, the mom never watches movies, but yeah, but the, I know yeah, what you're talking about the yeah. really pale face guy. His mom is <laughs> her name is Esme. Okay, so. yeah, Batman's mom. Got it. Batman, yes, Batman's mom. <laughs> which is weird. He's yes. actually a bat now. Is he? Robert Patterson is playing Batman and the vampire bats. It's like all connected now. It's weird, but my mouth is actually like hanging open. You can't see it. <laughs> I don't really know what happened or, or how we went down this road, but I'm gonna I'm gonna run, dude. Um, <laughs> he looks pretty ba. I'm not gonna lie. Nice. Okay. So, cool. Cool. Okay. Well, that's that's uh, for our movie podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I would clearly be terrible on because I oh never watch movies. Um, okay, Florida Panthers. Thank you for the, uh, the shout yeah. out on the on the child. Really, my wife did all everything, all the work. <laughs> um, yeah, I like pressed into some you know, acupressure spots. And that was my job. There you go. Was some pain management, but mostly some of the drugs helped that. So, um, illegal, legal drugs <laughs> provided by a doctor in hospital. Glad we're clarifying via that. 
IV. So <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, nothing, nothing to do with me. Okay, so uh, the Florida Panthers. Yes, back on and topic. their goaltending situation. Uh, we, I mean, we know they they made the biggest splash last year in the offseason signing Sergey Bobrovsky to a fat seventy million dollar deal, ten million dollar cap hit. He had one of the worst seasons, not just for himself. But just straight up was one of the worst goaltenders in the NHL, and in the playoffs was not much better. So what what are we looking at here for the Florida Panthers? Yeah, I'm sure they you know especially now given the the landscape of COVID, they're probably wishing they could have got a mulligan on this one. But uh, I mean, all things considered, right? So they've got Bobrovsky for another six years at that 10 mil cap hit, and then they've got uh, Dredger signed for one more year at 850, and then Montebalm is an RFA, which you know I'm assuming they'll probably re-sign him at some point before the season starts. He'll get a two way deal, and you know get maybe five, ten games in the season or something like that. But um, all in all, they're they're not doing anything right now because they're they're a low market team. They're going to be what I refer to as a, a poor team. And <laughs> they're lucky that they have, you know, Barkoff and Huberdu signed to such nice contracts. They're going to try to keep, especially with the flat cap, they're going to try to keep their real dollars spent as low as possible. And I don't think, you know, obviously we're going to see them move, try to acquire maybe a backup or anything like that. I think they're going to stay put and, you know, coast along with what they have and hope Baroski gets it back together. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to to blow this up yet. Right. He's signed to such a big deal, you don't really have a choice. So you've got Bobrovsky. I think there's a chance that they, you know, maybe take a flyer on somebody who, who they think oh, this guy maybe could come in and be serviceable. Um, I wonder what team is going to go out and say, eh, Michael Hutchinson was terrible for the Leafs, but you know what? He was put in a different situation in a different system, and he was okay. Uh, could he come in and, and be maybe a backup to a to a Bobrovsky? Uh, on top of that, I mean, they did just trade for Patrick Hornquist. Right. Uh, it's fitting that they happen to be the next team on our list, and they they uh, they made that that deal today. So, about uh, Seaver and Matheson for Patrick Hornquist. Yeah, and and defensively, I think they they were able to make that move based on the the rest of with Ekblad and Yandel and Strawman, uh, and it, and it's a good move up front since they'll likely lose Mike Hoffman. He's a UFA, so essentially replaces Mike Hoffman, but. Uh, in some ways a downgrade, in some ways an upgrade, because you can just a very different player, right? But yeah, uh, we'll 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 talk more about the upfront, the defense uh, on on some other shows. But uh, obviously, the Panthers staying put with their goaltending and trying to make moves up front to build depth and to just kind of replace the guys that they're already going to lose. Uh, do you think they're going to lose Dadanov? You think he's going? Yeah, I think Dadenoff and Hoffman are both going to go. I think, again, Florida is going to be one of those poor teams that want to spend as as least amount of money as possible, and uh, they'll try to find – I don't want to necessarily say, like, for instance, you know, Bobby Ryan just got put on waivers today for the purpose of being bought out. Yeah. And he's that type of player where you could probably go snag him for a couple million bucks, you know, and say, hey, let's give you a shot at maybe some second, third line yeah. minutes, reset, come hang out at not, the beach. And- not a bad spot, too, for a guy who uh, – you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to. Like, of course, you know, he had he had his struggles, and and uh, he's getting on top of that. Uh, but a place where there's a lot of pressure, Ottawa. Even though they were bad, there still is a lot more pressure. A lot more people know who you are, and there just is that extra layer. A place like Florida, nobody knows who you are. Right, it'd be a good place for for a guy like Bobby Ryan potentially. Um, okay, uh, the L.A. Kings. They, I mean, they've had the same goaltender for quite some time. They did trade away 
Jack Campbell in at the trade deadline to the Maple Leafs, and it kind of leaves them just with uh, with Jonathan Quick, of course, with Cal Peterson. But I don't think I don't know if uh, Cal Peterson is really going to get any kind of legitimate shot with this team or not. But what are your thoughts on this team? Yeah, this is um, another one where I think you're going to have another team probably stick with what they have. This this could be a team again because they moved out Campbell to acquire some assets. Peterson, they're going to definitely give him a shot at camp to go in there and you know prove that he can be that number two guy i mean he had decent numbers in eight games he had you know a little over 920 save percentage so um you know not Not bad for a small sample size yeah um but this could definitely be a team where maybe you go out and you know try to acquire a veteran backup maybe they you know again ottawa try to reach for craig anderson who they just announced they're not going to re-sign um you know maybe you go get a veteran guy like that or or maybe even make a deal for you know a younger guy like you know malcolm suban who probably Chicago would be happy to get rid of and maybe you think okay we'll take a flyer on this guy and you know maybe he might pan out maybe he might not but you know low risk high reward yeah I mean they've got the second overall pick they're, they're yeah that's that being moved at all <laughs> uh, and they're and, not taking Escar off either so no yeah yeah so I mean this team they're building they're not gonna they're not gonna do much the, I guess the only my only question is could Jonathan Quick be moved like if this, you know, if they just look at this and say, you know, maybe, you know, Jonathan Quick is kind of maybe has one one good year, two good years left. Are we in the position to where that's going to matter for us, or is that just going to hurt us, win us some extra games, and turn us into a bubble team when we really just want need another year, uh, kind of down in the dumps, let us develop our players and be in a better position in the future? Could he be somebody that is moved? To uh, you know, just to bring in additional assets, could maybe fetch a first round pick from a team that is a little more desperate for a goaltender. Potentially, when uh, when all the deck is is empty and every move that's already going to be made has been made, and suddenly you're left with options like that, where he's got three year, three years left on his deal. It's not that much of a cap hit. It is, but. It, it like it's it's nothing insignificant, but five point eight million is certainly something that you could manage. L.A. could hold on to some of the cap hit, and you know you could you could maybe if you could grab a first round pick for Jonathan Quick. I think I wonder if they would can consider that. Yeah, I mean, listen, they've got you know Jeff Carter and Dustin Brown signed for a couple more years, and I think they want to try to see if they can be competitive this year, right? But I do think you're right, though, if, you know, course of the season, they're not performing well, this team's at the bottom again, and maybe, you know, you have other teams like, for instance, maybe a Colorado, right? We, we've talked about them being a team maybe looking for a goaltender. Maybe they don't go out and get anything. Maybe they just feel, hey, we're going to sit back and see what we got this year, see how we do. And then, hey, guess what? Colorado could really use a goaltender. Maybe somebody gets hurt, and they're like, this would be a nice little nice little option for us for the next couple of years. Yeah, you're right. It does yeah. sound more like a maybe we do this later on in the season to see what we have. Right. And uh, the other thing is too is when you look at all these teams that are trying to budget for, you know, again, you, you hear a lot of teams that are budgeting and trying to, you know, be conservative with what they spend. He's got a 5 point something million dollar cap it, but his real dollars amount is only 3.5. So teams uh, that don't want to spend, yeah. they get that cap it, but they don't have to spend. Great point. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. I mean, it's there's really nothing out there about the Kings looking to move Jonathan Quick, and I would suspect that with all the goaltenders available, that that would be something that happens down the line after everything's over. Like, let's say everything happens and Edmonton is just left with their pants off; <laughs> they've got nothing, and it's you know you're gonna have to go sign Brian Elliott 
or bring back Mike Smith, like some, you know, one yeah. of those scenarios. And suddenly there's a, Hey, you know, what if we were to deal our first round pick? We have, have had taken a lot, used our first round picks through the years. We could maybe spare one and bring in a goalie. And I wonder if LA would be more than willing to, to give that up. Other than the fact that, I mean, they do have, they have almost 17 million in cap space that would give them $22 million in cap space. Like they might be underneath this, the floor, the floor, yeah. yeah they, which you got to stay, you got to stay above that as well. Um, fortunately, you know they're paying Dion for no four million bucks this next year. So, well, that's that's his cap. Hit yeah, you forgot about that without playing and and Mike Richards and Ilya Kovalchuk. So oh, goodness. got a, got a few contracts <laughs> you're just randomly paying for. So really, if you if you take away those contracts, I mean you're at you're at basically eleven million dollars that they're just paying people to not be on their team. So that means their payroll really is about $53 million. Jeez. <laughs> it's uh, quite small. Okay, uh, that's the LA Kings. I mean, we just, they're kind of one of those teams. We expect them to be pretty pretty bad next year, too. And uh, But it'll be fun that they'll actually have someone reasonable up front. Yeah, get, there their, you go. get themselves a new, a new potential superstar. Uh, the Minnesota Wild. Yeah. We talked is... a lot about Devin, Devin Dubnik in our previous show potentially being moved. And uh, now I want to find out what are they actually going to do? Yeah, I truly believe they're going to buy this guy out because I think, again, they, you know what, Stalock's got, you know, relatively cheap money for the next two years at about $800,000. And they've got a pretty decent goaltender who's an RFA, uh, Kokanen, who I think that they probably, maybe not ready to anoint him as a, the future in that, but they're like, hey, we, we really like this guy. We think he has the potential to be that guy. So, you know, I think, again, they're going to go out, they're going to re-sign him to a two-way deal probably and, um, you know, give him an opportunity to come into camp and potentially be a backup and be a 1A, 1B thing with Staylock maybe. But I also think this team is going to look for, you know, a veteran guy, another goaltender. You know, if they can get their hands on, you know, maybe say a Marc-Andre Fleury on the cheap or, you know, maybe even they reach as far as like a Craig Anderson, right? Or or even a Freddie Anderson for that matter. Maybe they look and they say, hey, we're just going to go all in now because again, you know, Parise, Suter aren't getting any younger. And now you look at what they did on the back end, right? They signed Brodine to that big extension. Yep. Yep. And so now Matt Dumba kind of becomes expendable. And when you look at a team like Toronto who would love to get their hands on a Matt Dumba, you say, okay, maybe we do like a, an extension sign and trade kind of thing. I don't oh, know if that's no. even possible. With I, the I think CBA, that Duma would fetch more than Anderson. Oh, but absolutely. I think that yeah. that, yeah, that's that's a great thought. Um, I mean, also trading away Eric Stahl, you know, bringing in Mark and, Marcus Johansson, essentially, you know, essentially. They would love to find a center some. right now, too. Yeah, because they moved out Eric Stahl. Right. They really don't have a number one center, so. And, and truthfully, I mean, Eric Stahl, other than his, you know, yeah, I know he had 40. Hit forty goals a couple years ago. Not really a number one center anymore. Other than maybe like, yeah, he can be a number one center on a bubble team, right? Sort of, you know, and essentially a part of a a grouping of centers that that can play. Uh, yeah, this this team doesn't seem to be a team that's just going to go all into me. Okay, I, I I keep wanting this team to just go. We need to rebuild. We need to have somebody who is at a certain caliber of player to be able to really advance. Like we've watched this team toil. You know, yeah, they're they're good enough to make the playoffs pretty much every year. And that's it. 
Nobody expects them to win. Right, the you furthest know they've ever gotten is the conference finals, and that was in two thousand and when, when was that? That was in two thousand and it was a while ago. Three, three. yeah, three, two thousand three. Yeah. But yeah, that was like their second year in the league. But you know their franchise Fourth. leader. Yeah, right. They're you're right. Their franchise leader though in wins is Devin Dubnik with ten. 10 wins in the like, playoffs. Yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. So clearly they're not having they a won, lot of they've won what like four playoff series right. or something. They're not like that. going deep every year. So yeah, I agree with you. I think they they do need it at our reset, but I, you know, especially maybe Bill Guerin coming in now maybe he'll be willing to do that, but you know, previous GMs as long as Parise and Suter have been there tied sure. to these deals, they're like, "No, we we maybe. can't hit the reset button." And and I yeah, I wonder. I mean, they do they they still have their top 4 is great. There's few teams with a better top 4 on defense. Uh, I mean, and if and if they can kind of figure out the front end, maybe they are a competitive team. But yeah, it just seems like they're missing that star power, and they're just gonna always they're gonna toil again and again and again and again because teams around them keep on getting better, and they kind of just you know nah, they make they make a lateral move here and a a slight move up there, and then they lose this guy and take a little niche back. Like it's they're just consistently okay. There you go. And it's and the that's perfect word kind of it. been the kind of been the story of the Minnesota Wild since they came in the league in 1999, which is I'll take it over like the Florida Panthers. Oh sure, <laughs> they're one shot at the finals and they really have done nothing since. Got destroyed. Yeah. Whew. Okay, let's go uh, Montreal Canadiens. Pretty pretty easy one, I think. Yeah, except I the one thing obviously we know. Carey Price, he's, he's not going anywhere. Jake Allen, they brought in. He's got one year left at 4.35. But to me, this is a guy, um, Jake Allen, I look at, that they're going to hold on to to start the season, but they're going to move at some point. Because one, obviously, we know he's not going to resign there. He wants to go somewhere where he can get a better opportunity. You know, Not that he won't get an opportunity to play some games. He'll probably get 30 games playing behind Carey Price. But um, Yeah, I think they'd love that. I mean, that's, right. that's why you bring in a guy like that is to play – to, to take the load off of Carey Price. Right. But I, I think at some point, you know, you have to realize, hey, he's not re-signing here. Let's get something out of this guy so we don't have just wasted that trade for him. And so I think ultimately he gets moving. I think it's going to be a situation where maybe like, you know, a goaltender goes down and is injured or maybe a team just isn't getting the type of goaltending they want. And at $4 million, I mean, you can, you know, halfway through the season, you can fit that in just about any cap, you know, situation that you want, really. Yeah. And at worst, I mean... You have yourself a nice backup goaltender for the whole season. You can use them, and uh, Carey Price needs a break, or if he gets hurt, you know that you have a a better than average backup goaltender in your arsenal, and away you go for however long of a stretch you need, and maybe you keep him all through the playoffs just as insurance, just in case something happens. Because hey, he did step in in the playoffs, and he did he played okay in the playoffs, yeah, pretty good. It certainly wasn't his fault that uh, that St. Louis lost, and so yeah, I think uh, Jake Allen serviceable move and i personally don't think he'll get dealt okay unless montreal's bad like if they're way out of it then sure of course they'll yeah most teams deal their their ufas and montreal could fire sale i mean they've got at the end of next year thomas tatar brendan gallagher philip deneau joel armia jordan wheel i they've they have a lot of ufas at the end of this next year so there certainly are some players that they could move out i doubt they move brendan gallagher but uh, all He's the one other, of those all the other names potentially could could go. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Nashville, Nashville Alpha Nashville Predators. Yeah. 
This is a team, my goodness. They, uh, they've got a guy in UC Saros who they want to be the future, but I don't think they're confident in him right now. Right, Pecorine's got got one more year left, you know, at five million bucks, and then Saros at one point five. He'll obviously get an extension at some point. Sure. Um, which, which my guess is that Nashville would love to get him signed to an extension now at a right. cheap rate before and he Saros starts putting up like, money. I want to wait to see if I can't boost my numbers. Right. <laughs> I would too, absolutely. Because what what are you signing him right now? Maybe a two five, like three million yeah, at the sure. most. You uh, give him Matt Murray type contract yeah, three years yeah. three and a half four yeah. million bucks whatever but you know i, I mean faith, let's face it i think you know nashville to me is one team that i think could see some not drastic changes but they could see a lot of movement because they do have a lot of like middling six guys that i think they wouldn't mind you know moving out or trying to make some changes to because this team has kind of gone stale and sure. um you know with that kind of movement you know i mean let's face it um it could be at the bottom of the barrel and you know or they could be up at the top and so to me i think this is a team again who would love to get their hands on you know another goaltender but unfortunately i think with soros there and renee signed for another year i think they're just going to be patient stick with what they have and then you yeah. know this maybe deal with it next off season if they want an easy one outside yeah. of the fact that if they don't have the year they want then they do have the trade chip of pekka renee yep uh, and i'm sure there'll be plenty of teams who'd be willing to throw at least a third, third second third, yeah. round pick at, at a Pecker and a. Um, my, my question really goes more to Nashville Predators at the top. Like I think that they they certainly put themselves in a position to be a successful winning team. And unfortunately, other than their one Stanley Cup final run, they have run into some other really good teams and they just have kind of been on the, the brunt end of losing to them. And they've they sort of have fallen from that place where I'd say that they're, they're a contender and you have to start wondering. I mean, they bring in John Hines. He's their head coach now. Like in my mind, he's might be David Poyle's last hire as a, as a coach, like David Poyle's 70 years old. He's been the GM since 1997. Wow. Yeah. You forget about that. It's amazing. I mean, he's been their GM for, 23 years. Wow. <laughs> he's that's Ken Holland type numbers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's the yeah. longest, longest tenured GM in the NHL. And it, I'm, I mean, they're not going to fire him. No, unless he not. starts having really bad seasons, which they're not. Uh, but you got to wonder, you know, maybe is, is John Hines, his, his last hire, how long will he remain in the general manager position? Now? I mean, he's also president of hockey operations. Like it's a pretty easy, I'm stepping down from my GM day-to-day roles and passing, you know, I'm all stay as the hockey ops guy, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's, there's all sorts of things that generally guys do where they're not just going to quit at the end of whatever their contract is. Uh, I'm sure that he's, he's signed to something somewhat significant at this point, but uh, yeah, I just, I wonder as far as the future of the Nashville predators go, you know, where where maybe he stands because that would be that'll be a huge day. Whenever David Poyle steps down, this team will likely take a a much different direction. Yeah, there'll be some drastic changes for their for their future. But until then, defense. All right, wins championships. Well, they locked Yossi up, so <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah, they're a serviceable team, and that's kind of what they're going to be. Uh, the New Jersey Devils. Speaking of John Hines, former coach of the New Jersey Devils. Uh, they're an interest. They're in an interesting spot. Corey Schneider experiment 
is uh i'd say is probably about over i don't know how you can just you know continue to go back to a guy who continuously lets you down and gets hurt and i mean it's not to say that he you know he can't have some some okay moments but i mean really you look at his last three seasons and he just has not been good <laughs> we know we even even i think when we first started the show three years ago we were talking about how Corey schneider was eh, probably on his way out and that has proven to be true you know he's he's really he's he's played what 60 uh, 79 games in the last three years it was i think when he got his first win this season he, he only played 11 games but his first win was like a first win in a full calendar year yeah when he got it it yeah. was crazy to think about it that way but I, th- this this goaltending situation is going to be interesting because you know I, I think obviously they like Mackenzie Blackwood and I think they not necessarily are going to anoint him as like their future in goaltending but I think they really like what they have and they think this guy can be if anything a nice one B type goaltender sure. for this team. Um, now they've Only got twenty three years old. Right. It's hard to like give up on the a book guy one way or another. Yeah. Right. I, I mean he's they've got plenty of cap space too. They're twenty six million dollars roughly to, to spend and so you can go out there and essentially get whatever you want. But obviously we know they they need to fill in some holes up front and you know maybe on the back end as well. But um, to me, I think, you know, obviously they're going to have Schneider. I think at some point they probably bury him in the minors to maybe save that million bucks. Or maybe they even think about a buyout, you know, because the buyout window is open now. I don't, I don't know if that's going to yeah. be possible for them, but that might that might end up happening. Um, you know, Blackwood's an RFA. They're going to re-sign him. But the one name I look at that I think would be a great fit here is Thomas Grice. I think he doesn't have to go far, just right across the river to New Jersey from the island. And to me, he would be a great mm. fit. A guy who could play 40 games, give you that great veteran leadership. Yeah. He's played under good coaches, so, you know, hey. And he's been on some crappy Islander teams, too, so he knows what it's like to play for garbage. So That's true. Yeah, I mean, you look at a team like the Devils, you don't necessarily expect them to to do much next season. Like, I think it's going to definitely be a, a continuing rebuild type of year. Uh, I mean, of course, they now bring in Tom Fitzgerald. They've got Lindy Ruff at the helm, and... Lindy Ruff isn't going to, he's not going to be somebody who's going to be okay with just, just rebuilding. Right. But they, they need to figure out like Jack Hughes. I think he had a, a, a less than expected year. You know, he, he didn't really wow the way that a first overall pick generally does. And you know, that's, that kind of goes for Nico. He too. I mean, yes, he signed to a $7 million deal now and, I mean, he's, it's not like he's somebody putting up 70 points. Uh, Nico Heischer's best year, 52 points, was three years ago. <laughs> I mean, last year, 14 goals, 36 points in 58 games. Yeah, it's I time think, for him to to like to do what he is getting paid for. Yeah, I think he's good defensively. Of yeah, course, he's but. he's a little different animal because again, like you talk about the the two way game. But I think both those guys they could use some help on the wings, and if they get it, then they could be those productive players. But Jack Hughes to me, he needs he needs a little bit more size, a little bit more seasoning, and he'll eventually you know find his game because I mean. You don't take a guy number one overall like that, and I don't think he's going to be the Neil Yakupov of no, last year's no, draft. No, no, so, no. Uh, but you do, but like you, you do hope that he can develop into something special, like they you expect at the number one overall. Pick. Well, yeah, you'd love him to be the next Austin Matthews, or you know, something like that, or even I mean, you would be happy if you, yeah, know, you, you can get you, like a. Uh, you want him to be a a cornerstone type of player sure. at first overall. Like, doesn't matter if he's 
the like a top five player in the league, but you want him to be a top 20 player in the league at first overall. Like that would be ideal. That's yes. kind of what you're expecting him to develop into. Now, top 20 player in the league, you know, players move in and out of that type of slot very often. So you, but I, I, th- I think you're, you're hoping for more from your two first overall picks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, is there a chance that they like just go ham? You think and just go out and try to try to buy one of these top goalies? Like, do they go after Braden Holtby and and just put their stamp on this goaltending position and see if they can bring somebody in and and then hey, we've got that taken care of for the next five or six years? Yeah, you know it's funny because I, I mean honestly, there's there's two big unrestricted free agent names that I think of where you could spend a lot of money on and that's Braden Holpe and Jacob Markstrom. Sure. I think Robin Lehner, if he's going to sign anywhere, it's still going to be Vegas. But, um, you know, ultimately, I, I think Holpe's probably at the point in his career where he wants to win. I think Markstrom might be the one guy who, you know, you could lure away with a couple more dollars, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, maybe. Well, and, but, and he's a little younger than some of the UFAs that, that are out there. He's right. only 30. Uh, and so is Holtby. Uh, he's not, you know, he's not like Grice where he's 34 or like a Craig Anderson who's 39. <laughs> these these are guys who are going to be looking for longer term deals too. So, and so you have to decide, you know, do we want to lock up a goalie and maybe be in a situation like we are in with Corey Schneider now where we're at the end of this big deal and we look back at it and you regret pretty much the entire deal. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the one caveat in the whole thing is they're going to look at that and be like, well, let's not spend. Let's get somebody who we can you know, pay three and a half, four million bucks and be a 1A, 1B situation with Blackwood. Okay, New York Islanders, a uh, team that went much further than I think anybody else expected them to. They hung with the Tampa Bay Lightning pretty well and uh, they're just going to keep keep building but they do have thomas grice who's a ufa they of course have sorokin and uh then varlamov as their starting goaltender are they any shakeups here or we kind of already see the shakeup last last year with the the signing of varlamov yeah i think grice is gone he's gonna go like i said i think new jersey's a good fit but he'll go somewhere else um obviously varlamov's got three more years but sorokin's the key here because i think they've got him on a one-year deal at two mil I think they're going to wait till probably mid to late end of season ish to see what they they got out of them before they start talking extensions, and then uh, they're going to go from there. And I think if you know maybe he doesn't pan out, which I I doubt it, he's going to be phenomenal in my opinion. Um, you know maybe not go steal the show type phenomenal, but I think he'll be you know he'll be a quality goaltender. I think they'll they'll sign him to an extension that'll be their pair for the next few years. They are paying Rick DiPietro four point five million dollars. One more time. One more time. He uh, his his fifteen year deal ends this season. That's they, crazy. they did buy him out in two thousand thirteen, but yeah, um, yeah. I get, well, I should say yes. His contract would have ended, but because they bought him out, they'll pay him one point five million until twenty twenty nine. So <laughs> they're going to keep on paying him a million and a half. But it was one of those uh, exempt buyouts, right. so it doesn't count towards their cap. They do have nine million dollars uh, left. They got to sign Ryan Polak, and you know they, they, there's some some holes that they'll need to fill. But uh, and, and Matthew Barzell is going to need a new contract, and that's that'll be one. mainly their focus. Uh, the New York Rangers, they've they'll be in a really this this one is probably one of the more fun teams because they do have three goalies who all would like to be involved. 
Yeah, and why wouldn't you? I mean, you've got Alex Lafreniere coming in. You've got Capo Caco. So you've got some young pieces. Not to mention, I mean, you've got Panarin and, you know, Zabinajad and Kreider. You've got these great veterans. So you've got a team that has an opportunity to really accelerate that rebuilding program. Really, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, but to me, right, obviously we know Shesterkin is going to be the guy they're going to look to to be the number one moving forward. I think he showed that, that he, he still has – you know that he's got the numbers the capability to do so 932 save percentage this year uh the big question mark for me though Henry Lundqvist right I think he's the guy that really kind of swings their goaltending you know either way and what I mean by that is you know do they go the buyout route because that is an option that I keep hearing that they're going to want to buy him out just because one they want that money off their books um, not necessarily because they're in a market where they have to save money, but because they would like to use that cap money elsewhere and kind of save it and spend it, you know, on other things. And then two, you know, if they don't buy out Lundqvist, then obviously Gorgiev's got to get traded. And I think you could get a pretty good return for a guy like that because he's he's in what I don't want to say like underrated name, but he's a guy you don't hear a name floated around a lot because of this big carousel of goaltenders, right. you know circling around and he could be a guy where you could really get good value out of because he is capable of being a nice little 1B goaltender and who knows maybe he could turn into a nice you know Talbot situation where he could be a starter somewhere well and and my my mind is that they're, they're going to go in next season with Shesterkin and, and Georgiev yeah that there's your 1A 1B see who see who battles it out uh yes th- I know that uh in what the uh Frank Saravelli he reported that the Rangers are likely to buy him out. Uh, so, yeah, that's answers that. And, and he, but he also, I, I have seen that Lunk was said, you know, I'm, I'm not even sure I'm going to come back. Oh wow, okay. I thought, I thought that I had seen that somewhere. So, I mean, you, a guy I, I who's think, been so institutionalized yeah. in that franchise, right? If they buy you out, you know, it's like, hey, do I want to even go move somewhere? Do I want to go? You know, yeah. give it a go somewhere else, and you know maybe you could see him going and signing on the cheap to a team like Colorado, where he has an opportunity to win, and maybe they wouldn't mind bringing in a veteran yeah. guy, but for league minimum, right? Yeah, it's that's certainly possible. I, I mean, it sounds like he's going to get bought out, and you know, it's it's funny because just probably two years ago, if you had said they're going to buy out Fred uh, Henrik Lundqvist. People would say you're nuts, right? The Rangers will never do that. Like he truly is the king. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean, I my guess is that he's offered a a position within the organization. If yeah. he wants to retire, they'll they'll happily let him be a part of the organization. Uh, oh, without a doubt. And, and he's, I, I personally he's the want face him, of the franchise. I want so him long. to get bought out so he can go somewhere and compete, right? Because I I do think the Rangers are maybe one or two years away from being a real cup contender. You know, they need a couple more pieces. And now, would somebody be willing to bring him in for $4.2 million if they, like, you know, split the well, 50-50 I, in? Probably Actually, not. I don't know if they can. They have, uh, oh, no, they've just bought people out. They don't have any retained salary. Retained, salary yeah. yeah, okay. But if they they do buy him out, I mean they are, this next year they're paying six million to Shattenkirk, three hundred thousand for Spooner, and one point one million to Girardi, and then that would be another you know whatever uh, certain amount of price for for Lungfist. So they're paying a lot for nobody on the books <laughs> for no <laughs> players for a team that looks like they can start competing. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe they could find a suitor for Lungfist if uh, if it all works out. But likely bought out. Uh, should we do one more? Yeah. The Ottawa do, Senators. Let's let's wrap it up. All right. Ottawa Senators about to probably, I mean, I can't see Craig Anderson hanging around anymore. No, they already said that they're not going to resign. Yeah. Him. Okay. So, okay. 
Problem solved right there. There we go. Um, yeah, he'll go somewhere else, be a, be a backup maybe, because I, I think he's still very serviceable. And you you look at the team that was in front of him, and he still managed to put up a 904-8 percentage. And I, I think he's still got some quality goal On a terrible team, yeah. too. Yeah. So he could go somewhere and be a nice little backup, you know, maybe a San Jose or something. Um, yeah, who knows? But, um, you know, as far as the rest of this goaltending goes, Nielsen, they've got one more year at 2.6. He'll be the backup there. Um, Hogberg, yeah, whatever. Not, I don't even <laughs> – he's an afterthought, in my opinion. What I do like for this team, though, um, they're, again, another one of these poor teams that's – that are going to look to spend as little money as possible in real dollars. And they're, you know, especially with the buyout of Bobby Ryan coming now, uh, Anderson not re-signing, they're going to be, I think, somewhere $33 million below the cap floor. They have $43 million in cap space right now. Right. (laughs) But they're going to be way below the cap floor, and so they're going to look to get up there. And one name I look at who, who I think, again, could be a great trade asset for them to bring in because one they want to get to that cap floor but spend as little money as possible is James Reimer um, ah, there you go. I think he could get moved here and they Poor could probably James. fetch yeah fetch a third you know a couple thirds maybe a second round pick or something to, to bring him in here because Carolina again we know would like to upgrade at the well, goaltending I'm, position I mean I think that Carolina would happily trade him for a sixth round fifth round pick. okay yeah I, so, that would be my guess like if somebody's willing to take that contract away from them why not sure yeah Especially because, again, like I said, they would love to go out and maybe make a move for a big-name goaltender. Whether or not they do is a whole other story. But Reimer, all his bonuses, he's only going to get paid in real dollars around $800,000. And at $3.5 million at cap it, that's real nice for a, a poor team. They are going to be horrifyingly bad. I think, you right. know what, here's another scenario I keep hearing, Outside too. of Thomas Shabbat. Let me ask and, you this. And Kachuk. So I, I heard a scenario the other day um, Boy, I can't remember what it was. If you're the New York Rangers, okay, would you consider trading the number one pick for Brady Kachuk and the number five pick? Wow. Someone threw that out the other day, and it was on TSN somewhere, and I heard that, and I was just like, you know what? If you're the Rangers, I might actually consider that because you get an asset in Brady Kachuk who would fit in nicely, I think, in any organization and is going to produce... You know, I, I think he's a 50, 60 point guy. And you you put him a lot on a line with like Panarin, he could potentially be a 70 point guy. And then you still at number five, you get a really, really good, really good yeah. draft pick. Yeah. So. But at the same time, you don't want to pass up on on an on an Eichel or a Matthews or, a, you know. Right. And that's the, the flip side of that coin. But now. And I don't think that Brady Kachuk is in that type of conversation. Like he's a. No. He's, no. A, he's a very good player. Uh, potentially like a you know a top he is a top line player but is he that type of he's not a game changer yeah yeah he's not a line driver yeah so that 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 would i don't think that i would do it okay i don't know if i'm ever trading my first overall pick because even if it comes out like let's say that legitimately happened ottawa did offer that and you said no we're gonna take this guy lafreniere is a bust do people look back at you and go, you idiot, you should have taken the Kachuk and the fifth pick? Or do you go, I mean, it was the first overall pick, and everyone had this guy at first overall. Like, what are you going to do? Right. You have to take, you're going to take him, unless you, you know, you find something crazy out about him, like he is some some weird injury and it's been disclosed, you know, something. Like a Nolan Patrick situation where you find the injury last minute. And, right, right. Yeah, the concerns raise. Yeah. I get it. Other than that, I mean, I'm you know I'm taking I'm taking the the best player in a draft year and, yeah. and a guy like 
a guy who isn't just like oh you know he's 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 a good first overall pick like he's going to be a very an amazing first overall pick no i i agree but ottawa is a team though at the goaltending position i wouldn't i would love to see a little shakeup even though people haven't maybe slotted a little closer to like number 10 13 kind of spot uh Askarov from from russia because what i've seen of him in the uh, khl so uh-huh. far he's he looks like the real deal and if he could if ottawa snags him at number five that'd be a nice little little wild card pick wow. that maybe they could a throw in and just say five. go to be mark andre Fleury. you're getting shoved into the fire real fast wow. go show us what you got okay yeah i mean right now ottawa not including their goaltenders has seven players signed to next year they're they have one forward line and that would be artem anisimov colin white and brady kachuk they're your only forwards signed right now uh granted most of their guys are they're rfas so they'll be able to sign them and bring them back uh but this is a team that i think is going to be very just in the dumps the whole year they'll have little spurts where yeah these younger guys kind of hit their stride and they'll at least Work hard. You're gonna be one of those teams. One of those know, teams <laughs> where it's like ah, it's a bitch to play Ottawa because some they could randomly beat you. Right. But I I would I'd see it once again maybe Ottawa and Detroit kind of duking it out for that. There you go. Bottom place spot in the in the league and their goaltending is only gonna probably get a little worse <laughs> without Anderson there. <laughs> I, Ander, there's something about Craig Anderson too. I mean he's just a good. He's like one of those. He's good a guys. Guy. He's he's a locker room guy, and to lose him in a locker room of when things aren't exactly the greatest there, that that'll also likely be a hit to morale of that team. But all right, uh, we're chugging through. I mean, we've got you know what nine, ten teams left to go. Uh, we'll we'll do that on our next show. But until then, find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk, and you'll let us know what you thought of our analysis of the goaltending position of all these teams. Uh, if you think that we're dead wrong, you think somebody's signing somewhere, or if you know, have some crazy ass insider information, like your friends with the cousin of a nephew of, you know, one of these guys and you know where they're going to sign, let us know. We'll break the news happily. Uh, Justin, any final thoughts? No, just another tip of the cap. Congrats to you, sir. I made the baby. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. <laughs> <laughs>